Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us on our podcast today. We're going to get right to it. Our topic today is Shaken and Awakened. You know, last week, the last episode we did related to prophetic signs, and I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast um, for last week, and that will help bring you up to speed as to some of what we're talking about today. But in Shaken and Awakened, I want to ask you a question. You woke yet? (laughs) What a week we have had since last week when I recorded uh, the episode on... uh, on Sunday last week. Just in in seven or eight days here, we've seen people's riches completely disappear. We've seen the health of people plummet, and many have died, many are sick. We've seen jobs disappearing, and basically, as you look around the world, and especially around the United States, it seems like Our economy and everything about our country seems to be in a smoking ruin. Now, it might not be that bad yet, but there are concerns, and I certainly understand those. And, you know, being a broadcaster from Memphis here, a podcaster from Memphis, we're all shook up. (laughs) Now, many are asking, is this the end? And I can tell you for sure, no. It's not, but you will have to go back and listen to last week's episode. And uh, in that, uh, the title of that is Trending Now, What's Next? When you listen to that, you, you will know for sure as well that this is not the end. But people are also asking, is this the beginning of the end? And to that, I would say maybe could be. I mean, I don't know for sure. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if what we're going through right now begins to trigger events that will figure into the rapture of the church, the tribulation period, and the return of Christ. But, you know, I don't have uh, certainly no inside track or route on that. I'm not claiming that I do. I read the Bible and I see what's going on around me. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Lord took the church out of the world soon. Not setting a date, but it's like we said in that podcast last week, it's like we're at a parade. I can't see the marching band yet because they haven't turned the corner, but I can hear the music. So I wouldn't be surprised at all. But I want to give you on a a, a very immediate practical level, if you are very worried about the the whole virus outbreak and all of that. I'm going to give you some hope. I did some research. I like to do that kind of thing. I love history, and I'm glad people record it, because this is going to help you. 100 years ago to this very year, Memphis, Tennessee went through a similar epidemic, and many people were dying, and one doctor began to realize what was happening after he he checked with all the area doctors and they compared notes. 
and he realized that something needed to be done, and he contacted the mayor of Memphis, Tennessee at that time, and the mayor was advised to shut everything down, tell people to go home, and wait it out. And you know what? They never heard of social distancing, but they shut down everything but the most essential businesses, like grocery stores and pharmacies. They shut everything down. They stayed at home, and they sought God. And you know what? In about two weeks, they got through that epidemic. So I want to encourage you with that. This is not it's certainly unprecedented in scope and size, no, no doubt about that. But it is not an unheard of thing. And there have been, obviously, I would assume thousands of epidemics and pandemics throughout world history, uh, and even in America. So take hope from that. But in terms of prophetic things, sometimes we, we feel like everything's just falling apart. But I think things are falling into place. Things that we have been told about by the Lord Jesus Christ, by the apostles, by the prophets, all in the Christian Bible, in the Old and New Testament. And I wouldn't be surprised if what we're seeing now begins to bring about, uh, you know, fairly rapidly some of the things that we spoke about in last week's episode. So the major message you should be getting right here is, uh, I didn't listen to last week's episode. Well, you need to go back and listen to it. And then what I'm saying today will make more sense. But the United Nations, the, the, the worldwide deep state, you see, that's not just isolated to America. That's global. The globalists... They never let a good crisis go to waste. So, for sure, they're going to do everything they can to move the football down the field for their goals of world government, especially, I think, relating to the, the economic collapse that we've seen. Now, I think that God could well enable countries and individuals that seek Him to weather this storm and recover. So it's entirely possible with seeking God and the right kind of leadership and the right kind of citizenship on our part that we can right the ship and and put things back in a better position. But it is also possible that these are events that will that will lead over time right into what has been predicted in Bible prophecy. And never forget, Satan, Lucifer, is, is the barking pit bull, but he's on God's short chain. Now, he's barking and barking and barking, but he's not free to do whatever he wants. You see, Jesus is large and in charge. He certainly is. He's got the whole world on his heart. And he's got the whole world in his hands. And I want you to remember this if you're panicked right now. There's, there's no panic allowed. Your family cannot afford for you to panic. When we panic, we make irrational, bad decisions. 
Remember that faith is greater than fear, and Jesus is greater than everything. Now, as we have been mentioning last week and this week, there are future events that are predicted, and one of those, a major part of that prediction, is a, a last human government, a worldwide global government that will be put in place And it is this government, this last human government, over the smoking wreckage of uh, human government, it is this government that the Lord Jesus Christ will return from heaven at the end of the tribulation on a white horse, and he will absolutely demolish that world government. So we could see everything beginning to move quicker than we could have ever imagined in that direction. Or, God may help the world recover, and I'm going to show you in a few minutes why he would do that. And, and so I'm asking the question right now that probably you're asking, I would, I would imagine. So, so why does God allow us to be shaken? All right, let's go to the Word. Let's see what the Bible says to us here. And let's see if I can find the the right place I want to be. In the book of Hebrews, in the Christian New Testament, kind of toward the back of the New Testament, we're going to go to Hebrews 12, verses 26 to 29. Now, since I know that only about 18% of professing Christians ever even open their Bibles, much less read them. I'm guessing, and I feel like I'm probably going to be right with many people, that you have no idea what is in the book of Hebrews, and you do not know why we're turning there. Well, let's find out. Now, you you may be one of the 18% that do actually read your Bible, and good for you. Hebrews 12, 26 to 29 He's speaking about God now, verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire." It is highly possible that what we're seeing today, my friends, is the shaking that God said would come, where everything that we hold dear and cling to foolishly is shaken into dust. You realize that entire retirements have now been destroyed? Obviously, we are all aware that we realize that you know, we're one human contact away from getting extremely sick, if not 
being killed by that. Jobs that we thought were just completely solid and secure, they may not be there next week or next month. And none of us really could see this coming, but God said something like this would happen, and this may be it. So let's go to uh, some other passages. And what I want to do here, this would be a little different, so let me, let me get to the right spot here. I looked up the word shaken in the Bible. Actually, I looked it up on Bible Gateway, and it was really easy. <laughs> and I'm not going to read them all, but I'm, I'm going to read several of them so that we can think about why does God allow our lives, our, our governments, our economy, our world to be shaken? All right, let's see. We'll just read a few of these. Nehemiah 5.13. Also, I shook my lap and said, So God shake out every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise. Even thus be he shaken out and emptied. And all the congregation said, Amen, and praised the Lord. And the people did according to the promise. Sometimes God shakes us up so that we get serious. Amen? Job chapter 16, verse 12. You know the story of Job. He was a, a man who loved the Lord. Satan said to God, um, I bet if I put a hurt on him, he'll curse you. You know, it's basically what Satan was saying. And in, in the midst of Job's misery, in Job 16, 12, this is what Job said. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up. For his mark. Job recognized that God could shake our lives to get our attention. In Job 38, verse 13, it is written in that part of Job, and we're just breaking into a longer section here, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, that the wicked might be shaken out of it. Well, maybe God shakes things up to deal with his enemies. Psalm 18, 7. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because he was wroth. When God becomes angry at sin... He shakes things up. And let's see here. Let's go to Matthew eleven seven. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. Uh, okay, we, we won't do that. He was talking about John the Baptist there, and that, that was in a different context a difference way. Let's look at Matthew 24, 29. Immediately after the tribulation 
Uh, let's see, lost my spot. All right. <laughs> Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. God comes in, in judgment on the world, and shaking is part of that. Mark 13, 25, And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. Then, uh, let's see, Luke 21, 26, Christ is speaking, Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. All right, there's a few more. In the book of Acts, after the church has been born, the bride of Christ, where both Jew and Gentile believe in Christ, and they are one new man, a brand new creation, the church. The, the church was praying together in Acts 4.31, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. God shakes things up to, to approve of his people sharing the word of God. Acts sixteen twenty six. Paul and Silas had been beaten and they were in chains in a maximum security dungeon in Philippi. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. God shook things up so that his Preachers were free to preach the gospel, and we know that the jailer there at Philippi and all of his family trusted in Christ, and a great church was born in the city of Philippi. Now, one way God does not want us to be shaken, we've seen in, in recent studies here in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. We've seen this recently that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, that the day of Christ is at hand. In other words, that, that you are in the tribulation. Don't, don't be shaken in that way. The church, believers in Christ, will not go into the tribulation. We may suffer persecution, and we may suffer... Uh, trouble or tribulation, small t, not, not like the tribulation, but we may have persecution and trouble before that, but we are promised by the Lord Jesus Christ that we will be taken from this earth before that time comes. And I go over all those arguments for it and against it in the series, The Great Rapture Debate. And that was just a few weeks ago, and you can look back and listen to those free. And then what we read in, in Hebrews 12, 27. 
In Revelation 6.13, we read, And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. So we can see that the idea of being shaken and, and shook up is, is done so many times to awaken us. So you could write this down as a little motto for the rest of your life. God shakes us up to wake us up. God shakes us up to wake us up. You see, I believe that it's time to repent and God gives us a season to be saved. And I want to go now to 2 Peter uh, chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to read this entire passage right here. And if you haven't found it, just listen. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which... I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 5. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. So he's talking about Noah's flood when everyone on earth died except Noah and his family in the ark. And the ark is a picture of being saved, of being in Christ. I mean, it was really real and there was a real flood, but it symbolizes coming to Christ and the safety that he is for us. Verse 7, But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord... Now, this is the tribulation ending in the judgment of God. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. 
the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in, in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, in other words, they struggle and wrestle with it, as they do also the other scriptures under their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory. And I, I want to apologize. I couldn't get um, the rest of that in verse 18. So you can look it up. And uh, in fact, let me just do that right here from uh, my actual Bible. Uh, 2 Peter, sorry about that, I didn't know I didn't get all of that there. 2 Peter chapter 3, I'm almost there. <laughs> I get so used to using Bible Gateway, I have to get used to using the Bible again. 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 18, now, so let me read the whole verse. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. All right. So, God allows things to be shaken up so we can wake up. God shakes us up to wake us up. He gives us time to repent. If you are not a Christian yet, and you know you're not, you have time to turn to Christ. If you are a church member, but you know pretty much way down deep in your heart, you're not really a Christian. You just kind of hang out at church with your family and friends, and it's good for business or some habit you developed growing up as a child, or you're hoping that maybe God will see you at church and think you're good enough to let you into heaven. None of that works. <laughs> you have time to repent. And it is a season to be saved. If you know you're not a Christian or you know you're just playing church 
you have an opportunity now, and I don't know how long it will last, but you have an opportunity to come to Christ. Now, how does that happen? It happens with conviction. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So all of us are sinners. In Romans 6.23, it says, uh, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And in Romans, that it says that, that if, uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you've heard John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, God loves you so much that he has shaken things up to wake you up, that you would come to Christ before it's too late. And so you believe in Christ and you receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. You are believing that he is God come in human form. You are believing that his sacrificial death on the cross, not for his sins, he had no sin, but for our sins. You're believing that that paid the price of your sin that you owe, the debt you owe in full, and that God accepted it, and God proves that he accepted it when Christ resurrected the third day, victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. Forty days later, he ascended to heaven, and he is going to return again to establish his eternal kingdom on this earth. And for that to happen, all the, the pretentious human kingdoms of the earth have to be bulldozed away. And this shaking may be part of that process leading to the tribulation and then the ultimate return of Christ. So that's why God shakes us up. He does it to wake us up. And we know in, in Peter here, verse 15, 2 Peter 3.15, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. That is, you know, that part of that verse is telling us that when it seems like God is delaying, he's delaying in love. He's not really delaying, but it seems to us that he is. But that, that, that what seems humanly as a delay, it's there so that more people, so that you can come to faith in Christ before it's too late. You know, there was a day when God told Noah and his family to go into the ark, and God shut them in the ark. God shut the door, and no one else could get in. And who knows when that door is going to be shut. I wouldn't delay. I wouldn't wait. I would get right with God, like the, the old-timers used to say. That's a, that's a good attitude, get right with God. I used to see that when we would drive down rural highways in Alabama and Georgia, be a sign tacked up on a tree, get right with God. And that's good advice. 
come to faith in Christ and be delivered from everything that's going to come upon the world. In verse 9, he made it clear as well. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, you know, that he, that he would come back. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want any of you listening today to die in your sins and go to a Christless hell. That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. That's the whole point of that. And you have space to repent, time to repent. It is a season to be saved. And I urge you to do that. Now, if you have questions about this and you would like to have someone speak with you, I'm going to give you a number. It's free to call. There's no obligation. You don't have to buy anything. These are people who will talk with you about your relationship with Christ. If you're a Christian and maybe you, you have been living far from the Lord, they will help you repent and come back to a, a very close walk with the Lord. Maybe you want to know how to share the gospel with other people. They can help you as well. I'm going to say this number twice, 888-537-8720. One more time, 888 888- Five three seven eight seven two zero. Call that number. It's uh, I believe it's Central Time. I've been saying Eastern, but it's Central Time. I believe. Call that number from about eight in the morning to five in the afternoon U.S. time, and speak with someone about your spiritual needs. Well, I'm so happy you listen, and I I need your help. I want you to tell people about our podcast. The easiest way to find it is just type in the search bar, www.dredhill.podbean.com. That's D-R, no period after the D-R, D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L dot podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. They can also find it the hard way on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and probably other places too. Hey, tell people about it. You can even share this podcast right here from the Podbean app with anybody you want to. You can put it on social media. People need to hear this message. Thank you for listening. I look forward to teaching on the next podcast when you're there. Thanks again so much. May God keep you safe and richly bless you is my prayer.